Welcome to the Lead a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters, where it matters. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This conversation, we're going to talk about how to support ourselves to really eliminate some unnecessary information coming at us. And this is really important. Um, We're not going to talk about turning your phones off and reducing scroll time and stuff like that. No, this is going to be a different type of conversation, one that I actually haven't heard people talk about before. And this is the stuff that I've had to figure out myself over time and come to these realizations about how to optimize the communications around me to really reduce unnecessary communication. Because I really get that I don't want my brain filled up with lots of stuff. Say that again. I don't want my brain filled up with lots of stuff. And if we're not mindful, then that's exactly what does happen. Our brains get filled up with shit. And therefore we feel tapped out. Our bandwidth feels full. We feel full mentally. And we're not making great big moves. You know, the thing is when we free ourselves up mentally, we can see the moves to make. We can feel good within ourselves. We feel spacious. And when we're actually feeling spacious, that's where the new ideas get birth from. They come from space. But a filled up, compacted, congested constipated mind is not a space to birth new ideas. So it really, really, really matters that we support ourselves to be freed up and spacious as much as possible. Now, last week's episode, you could kind of see it like as a part one of two. Last week's episode, we talked about how our brains are not supposed to be a storage device, right? So if we are trying to hold a whole lot of information in your head and you haven't got an external place to store your thoughts the ideas that you're having, the things that you want to remember, whether that's across your personal life, your business, your parenting, all of those things. You know, there's so many things that we are across that if you're trying to rely on your brain to hold it all, you're going to, it's just, it's not going to be pretty. You're not going to be functioning at your best and you're not going to be freed up to be making some really powerful moves and to actually just feel good. So that's what we talked about last week. And last week in that conversation, we then went into the power of creating a second brain. And in last week's episode, I talked about what that is and how to do it and gave some ideas. So if you haven't listened to that episode, after you listen to this episode, go back and listen to that. These are um, both really important conversations. But today, I want to take this conversation of freeing ourselves up mentally in a slightly different direction. So today what I want to talk about is some little ways in which I've learnt over time to support things so that I'm not getting filled up with just constant information coming at me. And I'm 
(laughs) I reckon someone could say I'm quite anally retentive around this. I wouldn't put it that way. I would put it that I'm really diligent in this and that I've created such good um, systems and agreements and clear expectations and clear ways in which we communicate that it's eliminated a lot of unnecessary tennis backwards and forwards in chit-chat. And I think what I'll talk about today is how I do this in business. And if some other things come up, then we'll dive into those as well. But let's just focus on how I do that in business and how I do it in team. And you might want to implement some of these directly into your business. But also it just might inspire and have you think about things in a new way. And overall, regardless of where you're at in your life, I hope it gives you massive permission that you get to actually take charge of the stuff. And you don't ever have to be this kind of feeling like you're at the effect of just constant information coming at you. Like, no, draw some lines in the sand. Put some boundaries around some things. Get clear on what you need to operate at your best. And then follow, like roll that out and create the processes, systems, expectations with the people that you need to create them with so that you're supported to be at your best and that actually everyone's supported to be at their best because meaningless backwards and forwards serves nobody. And the more we can remove unnecessary clunk from systems, processes and communications, the better for everyone because everyone gets more freed up and having an improved mental bandwidth supports everyone. Everyone. Okay, so here's an example. So when I'm communicating with my team, oh, let's start with this piece. We have clear channels of communication. Okay, I'm going to drill down into some (laughs) more interesting parts in this. But the fact is, we actually do have clear channels of communication. I've already done a podcast episode about this at, at some point about the clear channels of communication. But in a nutshell, what that means, there is one clear place that the team communicate. Okay, now there is a separate channel communication where I communicate with my family and friends. So that's my personal communication channel. Now, the reason why I mention that is that a number of my family members I work with. However, we're really clear that we don't mix those communication channels. So WhatsApp is the personal communication channel. Slack is our business communication channel. If I'm talking to my husband or my daughter, two people that I work with, I'm not going to bring work-related communications into WhatsApp, into our personal communication channel. That's a huge mother-freaking no-no. That's like disrespectful to everyone's mental space if we bring work-related conversations into our personal conversation chat. Here's an example why. Let's say my daughter who works for me as a contractor, she's bloody amazing by the way, shout shout out to Bailey Rose Creative if you have any design needs. She's a website designer, she's an extraordinary designer, she does all of our stuff. Bailey Rose Creative, you can go check her out on Instagram, she's amazing. Anyway, so let's say she's having her weekend off or let's say she's having a day off during the week. And she shuts down Slack because that's where she has her work communications. And she wants to have a day of mental health day. She wants to have a chill day. She wants to hang out with her friends for the day. And she can close down Slack, which is where all the business communications are. And then she's not going to be exposed to work-related communications on her day off, right? But if I message her in WhatsApp, hey, and I ask her, like, I'm just a quick question, then I'm putting that into her headspace when she's having a day off. And that's a huge no-no right? Same for me. If I'm having a day off or I'm getting a massage, I know that the only communications that are going to come through on my WhatsApp 
are going to be friend stuff and family stuff, right? So that therefore I'm not going to expose myself to work-related conversations when I'm not in the mode for work. So I get to protect my headspace in that way. Okay, so that's basically the nutshell of that. Now roll that principle out. (laughs) Having clear areas of communication matter. So WhatsApp is for family and friends and personal. Slack is for team-related stuff, including if they're family members. And Instagram DMs is for community and clients. So having these channels very separated out makes a world of difference because then we're not, we're only exposing ourselves to the types of communication when we are in that mode for that thing. Okay, that's kind of obvious. I imagine most people have that. And if you don't get it sorted, it will free you up and you'll be thankful of your, for yourself for doing that move later. Now, let's drill down another layer. Okay, so when we're in Slack with our team communications, there are a certain type of team communication that is allowed in Slack and the rest of it actually goes into our project management system, which is, we use monday.com. You can use anything, Asana, Redbooth, etc. So... The Slack communications, and here's the agreement with the team. My entire team is in Slack for the various companies. So we also have it segmented off and these different companies and different team members in there as well. So the agreement is, is that I can message anything in there at any point in time. I can voice message, I can text message. I'm going to be able to get anything off my mind and put it in there at any time to a certain team member, tag them in. And what they see that as, and what we all see that as, is like, it's like me throwing a ball And whoever it's intended for will catch that ball. And once they catch it, they own it. Let's say that again. Once they catch it, they own it. And the agreement is that once they catch it, they own it. They own it. Own it. It's out of my space. It is completely out of my space. I'm going to, at that point, forget about it. Now, the way in which the agreement is, okay, remember this is all done up in agreement, is when someone catches the ball to acknowledge that they own it, they put a thumbs up emoji on that communication. So if it's a voice message communication or a text message communication in Slack, then it just gets thumbed up, thumbs up. (laughs) What that means, and here's like the little fine-tuned detail of the way in which I really prevent any little bit of incoming information that's unnecessary, is that even purely that agreement of when I throw the ball and you catch it and own it, to confirm that you own it, it goes a thumbs up emoji, okay? Now, that's really important because if someone replies back to say, thanks, yes, I've got it, that then sends that's then another notification that I will open to see something. Now, that's just a waste of time. So if someone thumbs thumbsed up it, <laughs> God, why can I not get that out? If someone thumbs it up, oh my God, then I don't get like there's no um, nothing for me to open to check. But if I was to go back there, I would be able to see the communication to close that loop that they have received that communication and there's no question about that. But if they were to reply back, even though I don't have notifications turned on on anything, what it does is it puts a little wee like a little thing and it shows that there is a message there for me to read. So I'm going to open that thinking there's a message there for me to read, but it's just to go, oh yeah, thanks, I've got it. Like that is an example of where unnecessary stuff is. Now, you might be thinking, oh my God, Kate, that is like such a fine level of detail. Like who cares if someone thumbs it up or just says I've got it? Well, it actually does matter because when you're running multiple companies like I do, and I've got four companies and I've got a number of team members in all the different companies and I'm wanting to communicate things out, 
I don't want every communication to then open up an additional thing. And also the other thing I'll say about that is that when you really, really, really start giving a shit deeply about your time and you start deeply respecting your time and your mental bandwidth and you get so committed to freeing that up so that you are available for seeing things and making big, big, way bigger moves, then you actually care deeply about this stuff that might seem small but compounded and timed over a month actually adds a lot of clunkiness. So that is one little example. Now, let's say if I communicate that thing and they're not sure about something part of my communication, then put the question there by all means to clarify. A thumbs up on the message, what it actually means is got it, I own it. I'm clear about it. Does that make sense? So we're clear about what communication actually means, what's expected and what it means. Now, if that person gets a communication from me and they don't understand a part of it or this part of it's not clear then they don't thumbs it up they actually come back with a question so then I can clarify that point and then once they thumbs it up again now that means now I've got it now I'm clear now I own it leave it with me take it out of your space that's what that thumbs up means does that make sense so now here's what I'm so not available for and it used to be like this like years and years and years ago and you've got to remember like I've been running a team now for maybe about 12 years and I've learned these fine-tuned little things over time to make it just way more and more and more and more efficient and there was a time when I used to run a team and so I'd hand a communication over and then someone would come back to me with just like that so I'd get a reply back with a hot just information just stuff 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 story 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 stuff that I don't need in my mental space. And it took me honestly quite a lot of years to really identify the impact of putting stuff back into someone's mental or back into my mental space that I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I don't have to be exposed to that information. It's got nothing to do with me. It doesn't require an action from me. You don't have a question in what you're saying that is like requires an answer from me to move you for you to be able to move forward with this. So therefore, like, don't tell me. Does this make sense? Now, now part of the expectation and the clear agreement within our team is that if you're not clear on something, then obviously you get that sorted and you get your needs met so that you're clear and supported to see it through to resolution and solution effectively. And question will be is who is best to get this clear with? Do you need to get on a call with a, another team member and pitch and catch and brainstorm a solution? Is it do you need to go to the ops manager? and check in with her and find out um, a piece of information from her? Or is it something that only Kate can actually be involved in? And the way in which we actually do that is going through the ops manager, and if she can't resolve it, then that would go on a list for her that when we catch up every... I don't know, sometimes it's every week if we've got some big projects going on that are quite new, might be every few weeks, she'll bring a list to me and then we can just smash them out and I can walk through my thinking with her on that meeting. And so then in that meeting, the purpose of having an actual meeting to talk through my thinking is not that I'm just resolving that one issue for the sake of that issue. We're resolving that issue. Plus, I'm sharing my thinking with my ops manager so that she can really see things in the way that I'm seeing things so that then she can advocate and step in on my behalf in future when the team need that type of support. And of course, she will also then reshare share that thinking with the team so that the um, the ability to decision make with that level is actually now embedded into the team moving forward. Does that make sense? So then when we are getting onto a call and we're spending time to talk things through, it's not just ever to resolve that one thing. It 
is like, yes, to resolve that one thing, but also to transfer the thinking behind my thinking into the team so that the team are then equipped moving forward. So therefore, like it really, really matters to spend that time doing that. Anyway, so let's talk about being FYI'd into things or CC'd into things. We have a hard rule across our teams that I am not FYI'd or CC'd into anything. Whereas years ago, totally different, I was FYI and things, oh, FYI, tag me in. And that happened to maybe like 50 communications a day. And like, I just had information coming at me all the time. Yet, what's the action required for me of this information? When you're FYIing someone into something, what's the action required? Now, here's the thing. What I've found, how do I describe this? What I've found over time, over the years, is that the more I build efficient, high-impact systems, that everything and every level of operation has systems and clear systems of support that uh, to support the processes, and that people are very clearly trained in the systems, plus they know where to access the steps for each um, thing that they need to do, and that it's all numbered so clearly that if ever there is an issue that's showing up in real time. It's like, okay, so this is explained really clearly in step five of that manual. What's the, you know, like go to step five and review. And it's it's very clear there, right? Now, if issues arise, then those issues don't always need to be escalated to me. In fact, 99% of things never need to reach my ears because it should be able to be resolved through the systemization and through having an ops manager oversee that and my supporting the ops manager that if at times something comes up and she doesn't know how to deal with it because it's new, sometimes it happens, then that's when we have those regular calls that then we address those things. And my intention of addressing each thing is, yes, to tick it off, but a bigger thing that gets addressed is the transfer of my thinking to her so that she is then fully resourced in the future to um, operate on my behalf in the type of thinking that I would have. And then it also gets transferred into a system. So then it's inbuilt into the actual operations of the business. And in future, if ever it was to come up again, then it's reference section six of that thing. And that's the response. And does this make sense? So um, just again, like there's no point to FYI you into things most of the time. So that's a really hard rule. Okay, the other thing I'll share about is this. If someone does need an action from me, and that happens from time to time, absolutely. There's a way in which to communicate it, and there's a place in which to communicate it. If the sky is going to fall down because it's not addressed by me and you don't have a response from me pretty much straight away, like same day, that's when it's allowed to go on Slack. You know how I talked about some will go on Slack and then everything else will go in the um, project management database? So if something absolutely needs urgent attention and you need a response from me in order to move forward with it, then yes, it can go on Slack and a quick message to me like, hey, Kate, this is what I need from you. Very, very, very rare that that ever happens because systemization, all the rest of it, it really shouldn't happen. However, but that's when it can go on Slack. Everything else, if it actually requires an action from me and not from, you couldn't get it from someone else in the team then put a item for me in the project management system in a way that it comes up in my inbox. And I'm going to address those things usually twice a week. Usually twice a week, I'll go into admin mode and I'll just go through anything that's in my inbox and I'll just um, smash them out. 
And when it goes into my inbox, there's a very clear way in which it's communicated in there. I'll give you an example of what not to do and what to do. So what I got really clear as clear at over the years was if a if, if something is put to me in my inbox and it's just a whole lot of stuff, 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 giving me all of the context, giving me all of the background story, all of the stuff, 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 telling me all the information. And then at the end, there's like, can you now do this? Or can you tell me this? Or can you give me this? Or can you do this action? Why do I need to see all of that information, right? Why do I want to put all of that stuff, stuff, stuff into my headspace? If that person owns that area of the business, like owns it like a leader, like they have full accountability to that area of the business, then if they have had effective training from us, then they should be able to really manage most of the moving pieces, if not all of the moving pieces of those parts. And if they do need an action item from me, also like need to understand my thinking around something so that they can do the job effectively, then they shouldn't really need to tell me this whole big story and context most of the time. Does that make sense? It may just be, here's my request. Does that make sense? So for example, we had a contractor who um, this really, really, really stood out to me. She came in to be the contractor for something. And this was after we had had such clear systems and processes and ways of communicating within our team for a number of years. But she came in as a new contractor and she wasn't trained in this. And like, she was great. She was doing such a great job. But like every time I saw a message from her in Monday, I would start getting quite filled up in my head. And it's like, oh, it felt almost like my head was hurting because I would read these big, long stories of things. She would try and give me all of the background of understanding. And then there would be like a question, but I would have to read all of this stuff and I'd have to sift through what I actually needed to do the action required of me so that she could, so that I could give that information to her so she could move forward effectively in her role. And in the end, I realized it was after a few weeks, I was like, oh no, this is a pattern that she does. This is her way. Her way of being is that she just transfers a crap ton of information. And so we got on a call and I retrained her in a new way of operating and told her, helped her to see what she was doing and the impact, and then painted a different picture for her and showed how to do that and then the impact of that. And um, so she's great now. She's just like an absolute incredible and she always has been incredible, but she just hadn't learned this new way. And I guess even in that, I just want to say like permission for anyone who's listening to this is like, you get to say, this is how we do things around here. And you might've heard that little phrase from me if you've been in any of my programs or any of my coaching, but like, this is a big one. This is how we do things around here. This is how we do things around here. This is something that rolls off my tongue a lot of the times and it's in my mind and it's this is what it means to me. You get to decide. We get to decide how we do things. We get to decide what we need to run things in our life and our businesses effectively and at the, our fullest capacity. We get to decide what we need to be at our fullest capacity and that could mean what kind of boundaries we need to have in place in our life how we have the standards that we have, the ways in which we communicate, where we communicate. So we, and it's so important that we each do this work, that we decide for ourselves, what do I need? And we get in the damn driver's seat around this and we get clear on what our needs are. And then we decide, okay, cool. So based on those needs, this is how we do things around here. And then we communicate that with the people who need to be communicated with. And then we might go through a training period with them. And then 
the fact is, this is how we do things around here. So when someone new comes into the space, they get trained in, this is how we do things around here, as this new contractor had. And now, guess what? She's trained in, this is how we do things around here, and it's fabulous. Hardly ever hear from her. Every so often when I do, it's a very brief message in monday.com that lands in my inbox, which I might get to a week later or whenever I am in that. And it purely is my request. And if she does need to give me context, it's like, you know, like a tiny little wee thing of a few sentences, enough context that I need to know to make the decision that I need to make. So what I've been sharing here, and I hope that this is useful, is really deeply caring about our mental space, about our bandwidth, and eliminating extra accessory information coming at us. Like this freaking matters. If you care about your headspace, if you care about your mental health, if you care about being at your fullest capacity, and isn't that what we're here for? The kind of people who are going to listen to my work and my podcast and the stuff I do are go-getting women who are up to things. Therefore, you're going to want to care deeply about you being at your best so that you're not getting congested with a whole lot of stuff and weighed back and feeling filled up the whole time. So this really, really matters. Let me just take a moment to rack my brains and see if there's anything else I want to share. Ah, So one other kind of tiny little example is Let's say you're communicating with someone. Uh, this actually happened recently and it was in Slack in our communications and I had messaged to someone in my team about something that I was handing over. And when she messaged back, she just said like about two paragraphs of just stuff. And it was in relation to what I'd said. And I, I don't know, maybe she was tired for the day. She just completely forgot. But she has been a longer term team member. So I don't know what was going on. She could have just been tired and it's all good. And it was just a whole lot of stuff for about two paragraphs. And just my response to her was like, is there a reason to tell me that? Is there an action required? Are you trying to clarify something? And then she was like, she was like, oh shit, sorry, ignore the above. And she just put a huge big thumbs up. <laughs> because the thing is like, she didn't actually, there was no question. She was clear about the task. She was trying to fill me in on some background stuff, but genuinely it was not something that I actually needed to know at all because she genuinely had what she needed for this. And also she had access to the ops manager who absolutely has all the information. Does that make sense? So like this stuff matters. So I hope that this has been a useful conversation for you and I really hope what you've got from this and the conversations that I bring is a deep respect for yourself, your time and your mental bandwidth. When we start caring about those things, we start caring about them for ourselves and for others and we can then start the cleanup, start the cleanup, start improving, tweaking, optimizing things and it's worth it because over time, our space definitely starts cleaning up, which means we've got more availability to live. Just pause and think about that for a moment. When we've got more spaciousness in our mind and in our time, because we've reduced these unnecessary inputs, we free up our space for actually being alive and for having quality thinking that allows us to make connections that we couldn't make before when we were just so overwhelmed with constant input. And therefore, we can make new decisions because we're seeing things in new ways. And that benefits everyone. So a rising tide lifts all boats and I'll see you 